What's up, mama? Hey. What you over there doing? Um, making macaroni and cheese. See these right here? This is so good. It's some dumbass macaroni and cheese. Dumbass macaroni and yeah, cheese? Yeah, yeah. That's just how good it is. You know, y'all tell them, them women be stupid fine or, or like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to show you how to make it. Okay, okay? I thought you were going to show okay. me the macaroni and this cheese. This is boiled uh, macaroni. Oh, f***. Why are you Look wasting Because you got me motherfucking nervous, motherfucker. Every time you come in the kitchen, you start with me. But you must this is some noodles here, mm -hmm. and I just added a little butter to them, okay? Mm -hmm. And once you add a little butter to them, then you make up your little sauce over here. What kind of sauce is that? This is egg and milk. Egg and milk. This is all this is. Put your little so bit in there. that ain't no sauce. That's just egg and milk. God damn it, it's a motherfucking sauce to put in this shit, okay? It's Come on egg, now. It's just egg. No. It's not no sauce. It is a sauce, because it's going to be a sauce when I get ready to put it in this shit, okay? It looks, it looks like egg. A dumbass damn sauce, too. That's what I'm knowing. Well, we should go watch that movie. You ain't going to do right. I mean, You're not gonna right. do right, okay? Listen, look, Tavis, come here. This is butter, okay? okay? I need a little sugar in this, because everybody... What you gonna put the sugar in there for? For the kids. I just wanna go see the movie. I just wanna tell me you wanna see the movie. Okay, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. You want me to go see that movie? Yeah. Okay, if you make one of these mother... One of these dumb and I call it that because it's dumb is good, okay? If you make one of these dumbass macaroni and cheese, I will go see that dumbass mother movie with you. Yep, recording to you from Seattle, Washington, South Lake Union, Studio 212, part of the Soundcasting Network. I am uh, the host of the show. Uh, my name is Bobby Stills, and with me in the studio is my new co-host, Puerto Rican Bob Ross. That's it. The chef in the fro, Chef Eric Rivera. Welcome Hi. To, to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Super is, nice of you guys. Third time's a charm, right? Yeah. First two were terrible. Yeah, it really was. Feedback, you guys. I listened to your feedback. Me and Eric had a meeting. We talked about his attitude. Mm -hmm. And it's going to change, you guys. Said no cussing, no talking about fun things, nothing exciting. Nothing so. exciting. More imp You've been practicing your NPR voice, right? Uh, yeah. Let's hear it. So uh, glad you guys can come in today. Yes, this yes. is welcome, very welcome here we back. are. Welcome, welcome back. back. Today we're gonna be talking. About All right, y'all. Show's canceled. <laughs> Eighty six. This whole fucking mess. <laughs> and that man over there is super producer, Queef Boogie, Prince of Parmesan, Popper Popper Popperdale. the Lord of Linguini, Lord of Linguini, producer, drop producer, uh, Keith. What's up, buddy? What up, y'all? What up, though? His hair's looking good today, though. He's trying, man. I know. He's, you know. It's the first thing I saw, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to compete, man. I mean, we've got the wonderful natural fro of uh, uh, Chef Eric. And then Robbie's been losing all his weight and shit. I'm starting to feel left out. I need yeah. people to notice me. I'm still looking like a buff lesbian. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, uh, my, Hannah sent me some pictures the other day from like a professional photographer taking some pictures without me knowing. And she was like, oh, look at these pictures of me. And I was like, that's those. That's a fine looking lesbian right there. Let me tell you something. Um, I saw Eric pull his hair back for the first time yesterday. I've never yeah. seen that before. Mm. It changes the whole. It does. His, I mean, his energy, just like his aura changed from like purple from zero. to like orange. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. That hair holds a lot of energy. It does. I mean, when I'm floating around, it's kind of like a, a troll doll on meth, you know? <laughs> but then I, I pull my hair back and it gets a little bit more serious, like there a really poor version of Antonio Banderas. 
<laughs> shit, shit is going down when he puts that hair up. They're like, everybody in the kitchen's like, oh shit, Chef put his hair back. No, I never do that. No? No, I've never put my hair back. That's weird. Ever? I, you know, No, I've never put it in like a ponytail or when anything it's like, like that. So, you get hot back there? No, is, I, don't, you know? I don't sweat on the line. I'm Puerto Rican, man. We talked about that. Oh, yes. That was part of our intro. That's right. Yeah, we don't sweat. All right, Eric. <laughs> uh, Eric, what are we talking about today? Um, well, we talked about a couple of things. Other uh, and was it you, yesterday? And that was that yesterday. Was yesterday. That okay, was it was yesterday. a long day yesterday. A long day. Oh, we talked about a couple of things. So, what do you? Where would you like to start off, sir? Up, up to you. Dealer's choice. Dealer's I'm, I'm the choice. new guy. I'm FNG. All right, let's talk about. We want to talk about these chain restaurants that are coming in here, or outside companies that are moving into town. Yeah, and they're taking over, and you guys are, you know. They're throwing out the breadcrumbs. You guys are following that goddamn trail. Pac-Man style. Straight to Straight? Shake Shack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's one of them, but there's, right. there's other ones too. So we wanted to discuss why this is happening, why we're letting it happen, and how like how how does that how does this happen? And I think I think there's a few reasons, you know, as to why it's happening. There's a lot of transplants here now. There's, you know, Lots of people coming from everywhere else they've lived and traveled around so much. And I guess people now are starting to dial that into Seattle. And, you know, I don't think someone like Shake Shack isn't paying attention to that. Yeah. You know, they're they're going in airports, they're flying around, they're doing their thing and trying to create that hype. Um, you know, I saw this long time ago with Krispy Kreme. Everybody lost their minds about Krispy Kreme and there were lines and there were hour long waits and the red lights on, go get the hot, donuts. The hot sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, uh, fuck, you know, wait six months. Nobody's going to care. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to turn down donuts still. I mean, I, I'm still not going to turn down donuts, but there's plenty of other options for donuts. That's true. But some of them are not as good as advertised. I think that's kind Top of pot overrated. Let, let me since we're talking about donuts here, real quick. Uh, I know you guys are fond of little Woody's. And yeah, man. Shout out to Marcus. It was his birthday. Uh, didn't make it to his birthday party at Dynasty Room, but uh, I was drawn into his special of the week. Of yeah. The little Woody's is that uh, the Top Pot donut with uh, Yuli's sausage uh, oh, that sounds burger. Good. Yeah. Uh, fried egg, <coughs> fucking disappointed. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, why? How is that upset. possible? Exactly. That's Were you I, stoned or not stoned? I don't. I don't partake. In the no, devil. I was just Devil's wondering. Devil's lettuce, bro. Okay. okay. No, I was just wondering. Um, no, no, no. But I, uh, I had to try it. I wanted to try it really, really bad. And I went there. For, it's like a Bismarck donut. Okay. So I was, okay, yeah. I was thinking it was like a glazed donut. Mm. That was a glazed donut would have been good. And then, the, and then my yolk was like overcooked. So there was mm. no, no goopiness going on there. It was, and then it was smaller. Same price. So do we need to make it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that'd be fire. Okay. That so would be fire. We'll make the glazed one with and the I, nice but, egg. And I've had one with a Krispy Kreme donut before. Yeah. But and he, I, the, he, they, their marketing strategy is really, really well, is really, really good because it draws me in. I see something on their Instagram and I'm like, I must try that. It's it's limited time. Sure. So I got to be there. Yeah. I mean, I wonder who does that also. Crazy. <laughs> we should have them in here. Yeah. It's weird. Contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to it. Uh, yeah. So Chains. chain restaurants uh, that are moving or just outsiders in general. Yeah. It's I tough, think. man. It's tough. I mean, I, I like I said, I grew up down in Olympia and I kind of saw the, the different names and different people getting attention. And, 
you know, you get chefs with attitude or businesses with attitude that come out and go, oh, yeah, Seattle's like the you know, new frontier and we can do anything or do it however we want. Um, and you know, you've seen them come in and six months to 12 months later, they're out, you know, and they're pulling back. And, you know, it could be the great California chef or the great New York chef or it could be the whoever else. And, and by the time you're, you're done with it, it's like, oh, well, shit. we had discussed this. And the thing about it was, was uh, people come in here, they set up shop. Yeah. Uh, the media gives them attention. Of course. The hype train, social media hypes them up. Uh, they are the biggest thing since sliced bread. Everybody lines up, the restaurant's packed. And then the cat's out of the bag and your food is not that spectacular. Yeah. I There's nothing on my side where I'm going is in the city is Shake Shack the best burger now? Zero percent. I think it's its own thing and I'm not chasing it. I've had it. And it's not something where I'm terribly excited about going like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I can take all my friends who've never been. It's like if I can go to a different airport or somewhere else in the country and get it, it's not that special. And that's the thing about it is I think it's it's it, it doesn't Shake Shack doesn't feel special now. No, it doesn't. So now we have one. Yeah, we have. Yeah, one. we have one. I think. But we're a different breed of people. You know what I'm saying? It's it's we're not we're not the ones that I don't think they're marketing to. Not really. No, I mean, where they put it is right in the middle of Amazon town, yeah. you know, and so when they do that, that's that's clearly a thing of, hey, we've got a lot of people here that are probably from out of town moving into this area. Let's make them happy. And then all of a sudden now people are excited to go down to South Lake Union. You know, it's kind of crazy because, you know, you say three months ago, people go, I'm, I'm not going to South Lake Union for anything. Fuck they put that. a Shake Shack there yeah. and people are yeah. like, I'm fucking waiting an hour and a half. Well, here's the thing is that area was controlled by Paul Allen, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vulcan. So, so, yeah. Yeah. And so it was his call whether a Shake Shack went in there. I think they started selling a lot of the properties the real off. yeah properties off years ago and they mm -hmm. sold, you know, directly to Amazon and all these kinds of things were popping yeah. up. So a lot of buildings they were had were coming, you know, out of their control. But I mean, if you look at a lot of the stuff that's happened down there, the stuff that has been successful, it's more chain than anything else, or it's more bigger restaurant group that has six or seven things already happening. It's well, it, it advertises to a broader spectrum of people. Well, sure. and of course, how much of that is the fact that if you are a bigger restaurant and you do have a little bit of corporate backing, you can make it through those lulls in business and everything else that oh, a sure. lot of smaller places just can't handle. For sure. I mean, that I, I think a perfect example of that is RN74 downtown. They don't do well financially. You know, I've talked to people who have worked there before and they're like, we're losing money like crazy. And they're based in San Francisco. Well, here, they, you know, so well, they're, they're spread out and it's fine for them. They just want to have a location. Well, here's I. Well, here's I, this is one of the people think people I was talking about last week is they have brought in everybody from outside. Totally. Now. Totally. Um, and they're trying uh, what's been successful for them outside of Seattle. Absolutely. Obviously, what they were doing here in Seattle was not working for them. And right. so they want to go to what's been working for them in the past and so they're transplanting people here oh no and trying i don't know if it's gonna work or not but you got to do what you got to do to save your business yeah i mean you can spread it out a thousand ways i mean i like, like rn74 i i didn't say anything bad yeah, about it i'm yeah. just saying you know as far as how they are coming from san francisco they open a space up here it gets people pseudo excited you know yeah. first open no. they do quality stuff they have a great wine program um but you know at the end of the day it's like their machine and the things that they're doing don't necessarily make someone from Seattle that excited. It doesn't say any, anytime I ask people, Hey, what are your favorite restaurants or what's going on? I haven't heard anybody say R 74 in nine or 10 years. Yeah. I don't even know if, I don't even know if they've been open that long, but they were the new shit when they were here, you know, when they, they, they been here. four or five years. Something like but that. But long enough that the buzz has faded and they're yeah. just not really. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's, that's, a, I mean, that's, that's exactly the point is that right. when they first came to town, it was a giant buzz yeah. around it. And I went down there and ate and I said, ah, 
It's I mean, good. it's good. Yeah, but it's not like I need to go back. No, there's plenty of other options. And I think we, we have a good menu mix, you know, throughout the city. If you start going around and, you know, picking off places in the ID or you go up north or even go, you, for, you know, further up north to like Shoreline or whatever. You start having these restaurants that are opening now that are fucking exciting. Those are the places you want to hit now. It's not even Seattle so much anymore. It's, not so it's much, getting man. out of, out of town, and that and that's the thing about it is is that it's it, it's not really homegrown locally. It really isn't people. It's it not, really isn't. It's not. It's not the chefs that are you know. There a lot of people are leaving town too. They are you know, and they're going to Portland or they're going you know like I did. I got frustrated and I, I went to Chicago. You know, for three and a half years. And I said, fuck this, Um, because you're going to hit a wall and you're going to have somebody telling me, well, this is what the thing that infuriates me the most is when people say this is what people in Seattle want. And I'm like, what did you talk to? Like three people? You know, there's tons of variety that can happen here. It's just I think the scaling of a restaurant is so expensive. Um, that it's hard to find. And, you know, developers in these new buildings that they're spending 20, 30 million dollars on, they're not going to go find out a new up and coming chef. They're not going to go talk to the mom and pa shop and say, hey, why don't you open a second one of these? They're going to go to the the ringers. You know, they're going to talk to the, the Ethan's and the Tom Douglas well, and all these guys. But, you know? the, but the new and the, ups, the up, up and coming chefs and stuff, they don't have the backing. either. That's what I'm saying. They don't have the money yeah. and they can't afford the rent in those brand new For buildings. Sure. Yeah. So what I mean, what what are you supposed to do? What is the what is the answer to that, though? You start, I mean, how, how does that work? You start a pop up company inside of your house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no but you. I mean, you, so we. I was just at your space. This is the first time I've been out to you guys' space, yeah. and you guys are with Graystar, right? Yeah, and they're a corporation. You guys got into that space. That's not one of the bigger, larger spaces. That no. some that's 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 small. When you're down, I mean, if if that place was downtown in downtown Seattle, it would be. I imagine m- rent would have to be double, a million dollars exactly. Month. Yeah, and so it, there was a really unique kind of a situation there. It was a place before that was a coffee shop, and they were running into some troubles. And you know, I was working with them at nighttime to do just pop-ups for myself. And then they ended up going like, we need to close. We still have this agreement with these people. And it was just this big cloudy mess. Um, But it worked out for me. Um, but that's like a one in a million thing. I don't know if it is, but I just know there's a lot of spaces around the city that are not occupied. That's what I was just going to say is that there's a lot of unoccupied right. spaces. And so that's the hard thing. I just had these guys come in this Saturday and they're property developers and they're like, we have stuff that's empty sitting there. He goes, let me get your information. And yeah. I'm like, well, maybe that's starting to happen to me where people want to, you know, do things. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a cool thing, but I, there's just a big mix and, and it's just not occupying square footage. It, there's a lot more to it than that. Basically, have a lot of money. Keith, well, Keith, <laughs> Keith had Keith had, a, Keith had a good point, and that was that uh, the corporations or the chains that come in from out of town, uh, they can survive those totally. those winters that are bad, and they're looking long term, as in uh, five, ten years in a space, right? As to where a lot of local uh, restaurateurs or chefs are looking short term. You know, they want to get in, they want to get out, open up a concept. Hopefully they can keep it running, but they always want to move on to something else. Yeah. It gets for people that are, are true chefs and aren't, aren't restaurant tours. I mean, they get bored. They do. I mean, you could look at uh, what happened in Capitol Hill at 10, 10 U. Uh, they came in and they have their great, their stuff is good, you know, but I don't think it translated to the style of other places in Capitol Hill that were really good over yeah. the top. Good. Uh, <laughs> and they were walking. They, I think they walked yeah. in kind of blind going like, we don't know about Betsu Tenjin or Danbo or Oink or anything else. And they're just like, no, but we have, a, you know, a pseudo Michelin star yeah. 10, 10 U over here. And yeah, everybody yeah. loves it. You know, their thing was like, people wait for two hours to get in our space. And I'm like, that may or may not happen over here. They assumed. And then right around the corner, you yeah. have salt and straw that's busy and there's lines every night. You know, they came from Portland. So it's like, like it's a hit or miss. If you're going to hit, you got to hit hard. 
how long does that last, though? I don't how know. How long man. does that? I don't know. I how mean, long I think, do those lines stay going? I don't see lines at Salt and Straw. I live not like, anymore. Four, I live four blocks away from yeah. there, and so that Capitol Hill area is like my my shit. You know, where I'm, I see everything that's kind of popping off, and I, there's not lines there. You know, I, I would say Friday Saturday there night. Was. A Friday Saturday night. There's there probably was. a line because everybody's like, oh, ice cream. Sure. There's still there's still lines at Molly Moons though. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's tiny. Yeah. It's the size of this studio. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's the size of my Prius. The only two places <laughs> I know for sure where I'm going to find a line in Seattle right now are uh, Salumi. Y- yes. It's like a two-hour window, so everybody knows they got to be there whether they yeah. like it or not. Right. Right. And they're moving into a new space. Are they? They are. Nice. Yeah, they're moving to a bigger space. Where at? Uh, close. Yeah, it's just but, uh, the same uh, neighborhood. The yeah. weirdest fucking oh, thing. Oh, uh, we're uh, Rain City meets. Meets. Yeah. Rain Shadow meets. Rain Shadow. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Rain, Rain Shadow City. meets. Rain City. The only other place in Seattle I know I'll consistently find a line. Well, it's not even in Seattle. But the fucking Chick-fil-A in Bellevue. That's weird. Constantly. That's weird. The, the fucking drive throughs backed up around the corner, fucked up the highway. That's pretty weird. Don't be dissing on Jesus, man. I'm, yeah. When I'm, you eat their chicken, it's, you're communing with God. I'll, Listen, be, I'll uh, put it this way, though. Like, that's the thing about a chain like that that goes out on a limb to say a bunch of weird shit. Like, there's other places I get fried chicken from. Sunset Fried Chicken on Capitol Hill is the shit. You should all go yeah. there. Well, it, See? Uh, yeah, well, good point. Uh, Baka Bok, the well, shit. I know, but you're, you're, well, we know this, and I was just talking with them on Instagram, so I was like, I heard about this, but uh, Heaven Sent, I mean, uh, Sunset's not going to be there anymore. What? It's moving out. Uh, sad. This is my sad face. Mono. <laughs> yeah, Mono's amazing. It's going in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just saw Cam. Yeah, He's like was, posting some stuff talk, today about I, like I, opening a I thing. I talked yeah. to him last week about yeah. it on Instagram. It's super rad. So, but you know what I asked him? I said, straight up, I said, well, what's up with Monica though? Like what's going on? And he didn't, I mean, he was like, I don't know. So maybe I don't, I don't know what's going on. I like, I like that chicken. Uh, I like Mono better. Mono's amazing. But uh, I, I, you know what? I, I so, he's coming to the hill. So we're, I'm like, we're, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am about them getting out of West Seattle and coming closer that, to us. That's exactly what I said. Because like every Monday for the last few Mondays, we've gone to um, what's the place Supreme, yeah. and we play bingo yeah. at night, and then we go Do to. You win? We win every time. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if it's rigged or not, but we, I mean, every time we've been, we've won, and it's kind of nice. Well, that's. I mean, that's. This brings us back to the subject matter, right. and that is, is that to find these really good Seattle spots where you, you know, you feel like home. You can yeah, play totally. You know, you know that you know the bartender's name. You know all yeah. that stuff. You have to go outside of the city for sure. I mean, we go to New Luck Toy, and then we go to Supreme, and then we come home. And that's West Seattle to Capitol Hill. Well, here, here we'll end. We'll kind of end it with this. Sure. And that is, is that we also have to look at the city that we live in. I we live so. in Seattle. Uh, if you're in LA or New York or Chicago, right? Uh, for that, Miami. Those are some bigger cities. Yes. I mean the the, the like space wise. Um, you think about Seattle. Us, you put us inside Chicago, and it's going to be all those places up north, for sure, or all the places down yeah. south. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just have a large concentration of uh, our downtown area, and so I think Chicago has the same situation going on with some corp- corporate restaurants they, or outside. Of course they do. In. I mean, McDonald's is based there, right? Yeah. So yeah, they have McDonald's, and the cool thing about having McDonald's in that city is you get to see all the new shit first. They test it out there, but at the end of the day, there's amazing restaurants. You go to the West Loop, and some of the best restaurants in the world are there. Yeah. You go to Lincoln Park, there's some of the best restaurants in the world you know but you do see some of that corporate influx and chain restaurants they have a shake shack in chicago yeah you know and people yeah. freaked out over there not as much 
you know, as over here, because it, it, it almost sometimes feels like that small town vibe here. You know, oh, my God, they're acknowledging us. The people from New York are paying attention to us. and We're going to throw something here. And I'm like, well, no, that's, we're, we're, the, we're from Seattle. We a lot of people also don't know. A lot of people also don't know. They think it's the Seattle company. Some of these places are Seattle companies. Like you know, what? they don't Which like like you were talking about. Yeah. 74. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I you know, you. They have no idea. It comes from somewhere San Francisco, else. Yeah. Um, so I would like to urge everybody to do a little bit of research. Yeah. Before you go out to eat. Support, support your local peeps. Yeah, support local Irish. restaurants. I mean, chains will always be there, but like, you know, a little mom and pop joint on the corner that serves the best fun in the world, it's going to disappear if you don't show up. Yeah. It's true that. For sure. Um, and then on the flip side of the coin, I wanted to ask your opinion on, and Keith to get up in here, uh, some things that you think would work, you know, outsourcing some of our local stuff to other cities. Oh, yeah. What, what, we talk, I talk about this all the time. I, I think that... I think that it's, there's a lot of good stuff going there's on here in really Seattle that we could really contribute to the rest of the United States and or across the world. For sure. I think we do some things here really, really well. And I think there's some places that don't get some recognition. So right. I just wanted to shed some light and some positivity on yeah. some, some people. So let, let's hear a couple of different I think, things. Could I, Macon, you can put that restaurant anywhere in the United States and it'd be a hit. Yeah. It's amazing. The food's always on point. Uh, the just the aesthetic of the restaurant, the style of service, like the price point, the, you know, it's just a good value there. That net bread is like addicting and it's everything about it is like super cool. It's not pretentious. It's not anything. It's just good. Um, I will agree with that. Yeah. 125%. Now that is one place I used to wait in and I'm not a fan of lines. Right. People will call me a, a dickhead, a cocksucker. I'm not going there. There's it's a, a tiny line. place though. There are clubs. But I, when they yeah. were first opened mm -hmm. up, I was like, mm -hmm. it's worth it. We are going to Kodaima Klein. Yeah. So, uh, I love that place very, very much. Um, other places, uh, Anything you know, else? we talked, uh, we just talked about it a little earlier, but your, you know, new luck toy. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he seriously franchised that shit, <laughs> he'd put one everywhere and everybody would be super happy. Um, it, you know, the Supreme is great as well. Uh, we like Dozone a lot. Oh, Dozone. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's like little gems. The cow cow. Holy shit. Cow cow. Oh, oh. We had cow cow for red zone the other day and, and uh, there's some people there that never had it. And they're like, what are we going to order? And I just fucking said, we're having everything. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, we're getting the fried and the roasted. Like, yeah, we have to do it. it it's, it's it's good, man. We got some stuff here going on and I, I just, I don't, under, I don't understand why. So, I mean, I think, who are we talking about? Renee Erickson. She's going on to LA with her donuts. Yeah. yeah but and that's, uh, we talked about it and I thought it was a smart move to start with the donuts shop because sure. donuts translate anywhere and that at least gives you a foot in the door to get to know the purveyors get to know the scene i think the and la donut scene though is very competitive and there's a lot long-standing like donut places there it's, it's gonna be tough it's, I mean, gonna, it's gonna be it's tough, tough but i think it's a safer bet than opening up a whole sit down i uh, you know what i would say if she opened up walrus and the carpenter down there that's a whole different ballgame they don't have anything like that down there they have uh ted and connie's yeah I, that's pretty close. But are people going to go there? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I because think, I think that I think that I think that Taylor Shellfish would probably do better down there. Oh, sure. Of course. And Walsh and Carpenter, even though Walsh and right. Carpenter is better. Oh, dude. It, but it has know? that quaint vibe to yeah. it. And then people in L.A. would eat that shit up. Oh, most definitely. Oh, my God, dude. I definitely dig our restaurants vibes up here in Seattle way more than the L.A. scene. And that's what's I, funny I is bougie, it feels bougie as fuck in some restaurants. But you know what? 
But yeah, here's the thing, and and that's one of the complaints you get about a lot of people who come to Seattle from cities that have sure. a larger too. fine dining presence or a larger right. restaurant presence. Is right. They feel the service up here is just shit. It is. <laughs> it is for the most part. It's very different. Um, it's very different because that was the, the hardest. The fuck do you want? Dude, that was the hardest thing coming back over here and yeah. going, no, here's the basics of service. Here's the steps of service. Yeah. And people look at me like, what the fuck? Steps of service. Yeah. And you're like, no, we're going to start with this and this and this. You greet everybody, say hi, you know, on a level. Too cool right? to say hello. And they're like, well, I don't, what you is know, this social and it's shit? weird. <laughs> and it's like, no, we want to like welcome. It's like, treat it like your house. And if like I did treat it my house, you're like passive aggressive as fuck. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, right. I forgot we're in Seattle. I don't want it. fucking visitors yeah. in my house. What are you talking about? I don't about? know my neighbor. I've lived here four years. Um, but it's, it's just very different. Um, and so I think that's the kind of part where, you know, you do get people going, I, the people ask me all the time, you know, if I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on a meal and not give a fuck, I'm like, fly to San Francisco then. Yeah. Go to Chicago. Go to New York. If money's not an issue, then go there. Because I don't think you're going to see that same type of experience that you're wanting from. Well, and the thing go, is to fu- go to fucking Vespertine and have your mind blown and go through a bunch of levels of a building. You're, you can't get that here. That's sick, though. I, I, well, I mean, and you can't Nothing get some like fine dining experiences that are, are done really well in right. Seattle. But what you end up doing is you end up going to somewhere like John Howie. Of course. You know, and, or, and or that, Ascend Steakhouse. Yeah. You know, you know some Bellevue shit. You know? And, and you can get, and then even El Gacho to a certain extent, they'll still do, you know, the table side. Uh, that, Table like side season, I love that. Table kind side of stuff. I love that stuff, though. Yeah. Table side service is one of the fucking coolest things. Dude, listen, bananas foster at the end of it's a meal. It's the coolest thing. It, you just sit there inhaling fucking rum fumes. It's so, it's and so watching simple. Fire. Yeah, and it's so simple. They're just making a fucking caramel, toss it, light it on fire, and you're like, this is so good. It's fun. It's that's the cool stuff it's that fun I and like. It's yeah, as fuck. and it's good, and you can't go wrong with it. But at the end of the day, it's like. How much do you need to go to spend on that experience? You know, it's, like, it's worth doing once or twice a year, right? Just just right. for the the experience. But like, other than, I couldn't do that every night. But people no. here in Seattle eat out; they eat out five times a week. Sure, they do. You can't afford yep. that. No, of course. No. You know, no. yeah. yeah, especially downtown area. You know, you look at a lot of the new buildings going in; they're tiny kitchens. People aren't cooking at home; they're Ubering, eats, uh, Lyft, or whatever. Everybody's doing. We, we, we will we will touch on that subject yeah. with you soon. Uh, grill, how long steak, Mister? I don't know. How long? How much longer on the steak? Probably well, 10 minutes. 10 minutes? I think it's too much, Chef. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to raise my voice. That's fine. It's I NPR. got scared that time. NPR. <laughs> 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 All right. And so we're going to transition from one subject about uh, people coming in from out of town and uh, trying to take over the Seattle food scene to uh, people that somehow catch recognition in the food scene uh, when other people have come before them and been doing it a long time, but they don't ever catch recognition uh, for what they've done for the community and food and other people take credit for it. So we basically were talking about this yesterday, how uh, Seattle met Mm and given out the award for restaurant of the year to Kamenegi for uh, the noodles, yeah, uh, that she's been doing. Which, Soba. and we had talked about this. I don't know in episode. We talked about her restaurant in episode. I don't know sixty five, seventy somewhere around there. That is probably the best noodles in town. Yeah, and no question. Um, but nobody, nobody, nobody. Went, the only people that I really knew that went to that restaurant was people that were in the industry. Right. It's weird because she's been doing that for a very long time. She's very, very good at it. 
And it's weird that the recognition, and this is nothing faulting Seattle Magazine or Seattle Met for, for doing this or not. It's weird that she had to open up a restaurant of her own to finally get that recognition. I think that's, I think that's kind of crazy. And that's, I mean, think that that's the conversation we were having earlier about how do you get into restaurants or what, you know, who's spending the money in real estate and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, that's, she had to unlock the magical thing in order to get her own restaurant going, you know, for finally people to pay attention to, oh yeah, you're a chef, by the way. Well, and then this is, the, this is why I want to talk about this on the show was that it's, why does it take um, a magazine or the James Beard Foundation yeah. or somebody to uh, sh- shed light on these a lot of these places um, before they become popular. Yeah, it's I, I don't know, man. It's it's weird to see like how the stars align for certain things because when you look at it, people have been making soba noodles for a long time. When you look at it, she's been a chef that's been doing it for a long time, and how come everybody's just catching on now in that way? Um, but does it's, I, it's weird? Here's the thing about it: um, does do, does the recognition or the awards does that necessarily make it good? I don't you know, know. Does it, does that know. does that would that does that change your perspective or your perception of a restaurant or a chef or the food that's there and and make you doubt maybe your not at all no you know, I mean for her it's great because then it brings more people but and not just excited, her, but not just right? her though there's been a couple restaurants in town where I I wasn't hip to it or I didn't know or I hadn't been there I heard some grumblings or mumbling about sure. a place and then some place does it does win an award or it does get nominated for anything right. And then maybe take a step back and take a look at him. You know, I'll give this place a chance or maybe the first time I went, maybe it was a bad time. I've been confused by stuff. You know, I've been confused when I I see somebody getting nominated for a James Beard Award and there's a pool of people. And I'm like, I don't even know if that restaurant would be in the top 100 of anything if you know and everybody wants to rank and say here's what's best or whatever but it's just a weird it's a weird thing um because who's doing it right who's the one that had the the publicist that was doing it right who's the one that's packaging it up all together at the same time in the right way i don't i don't know just it's just really complicated and it's never just an answer the answer is never just the food right it's going to come down to who's paying attention like there there are restaurants that none of us have heard of in this city that are doing amazing shit. For sure. But we just don't know about it. There's there's probably a place in a strip mall in Everett that serves the best whatever the For fuck sure. it is in the world, but n- nobody really finds out about it because it's got that limited word of mouth. Of course. And so then when you know somebody like James Beard or Seattle Met does come along, that can spur it, but the odds of the those platforms finding out yeah. about a restaurant... You know, it's a needle in a haystack. I've I've talked to a couple people in the press about it and how they come up with some of that stuff, too. And they're like, well, we have to some of them have to depend on other people telling them because they don't have the resources available. Like they're not getting paid a lot or anything, really. I worked in journalism. They get paid shit. They get paid shit. So they're not going like I need to write about the story. I need to go spend two, three hundred dollars on this fine dining restaurant or anything. Anytime, you know, going two or three times. Um to go check this stuff out. So it doesn't translate very well. They're like, I'm pulling all of these stories or all of these things together to then get hype, I guess, or get our readers to pay attention. Or I don't really know how it works on that side, but I've had the conversation with people going like, it's not that I haven't been there. It's just, I don't have the money to go there, but I'm also on a deadline to say who's the best, whatever. And I've got all these people telling me this. Right. And so I think, you know, what do you do? Do you map it out and go on Yelp or do you go on, (laughs) you know, Facebook and ask a comment? What's the best brunch in so-and-so? And, And, you know, a lot of that happens too. But is there anybody that's really going around, going to the restaurants, checking the shit out, 
saying, I think on a level, this one's better, that one's better, this one's worse. I don't know if that one clicks. And honestly, I think that's probably why the Michelin guides still have as much relevance as they do is because you know that they at least actually went there. To a point, uh, to a point, um, they're... We don't have that guide here, so it's very different. Um, the reason why they're still around is because they're part of the fucking tire company. You know, and it's <laughs> yeah. their job. You but know. they've been around. But they, I mean, they, they are the first. I mean, they're, they're the ones that that to, started to put a the big train. guide. Yes. yes, and it was to get people to drive around to use yeah. tires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's what you we, do. We you show them places. We covered the Michelin rating right, system, and yeah. so it's it's very different. But I mean, it's yeah, a marketing ploy. It's the same very with smart. the other places. The other exactly the it. other things. It's the San Pellegrino. You know, top fifty list is to get people to drink more water and to make you think that if you're a, a, an up-and-coming restaurant you need to serve San Pellegrino because you might right. win that fucking award right? right and so you get confused and uh that's the thing that happens with James Beard stuff it, too. it makes you feel regal yeah San there's, Pellegrino. There's, there's events that pop up with James Beard and they're looking for restaurants that want to donate they space just had, or donate they just had one yeah and it's like well does that guarantee me I'm gonna win something or be in the pool of people or is are we just asking to ask you know it's kind of weird I'm just curious as to if if these awards and these uh, nominations, if, if they if they really if they really matter uh, in in the industry at all, I, I think uh, okay, so. Matter in what in what regard though? In, in finance, yes. In yeah, finance, finance, yeah. Yes. Fuck, fuck, yes. Fuck, fuck, yes. Yes. They do. Yes. Fuck yes. Yes, they do. But among your peers, no. I don't know. No. I mean, it's I, I nice. Don't, I don't judge. I don't judge. A lot of these, a lot of places that win these things, I can't afford to go eat there. The only reason I can afford to go and eat there is because I know somebody that works there. Yeah. They and I know them. that they're going to fucking send me out every fucking thing I want for free. And I'm going to pay for one fucking entree because people in our industry can't afford to go to these places. Right. 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 So they're not necessarily, um, they're not trying to win our accolades. They don't need to. You know, they, yeah, yeah they that's not what they're going for. They're they're out there marketing themselves and trying to drive the Lexus for sure, and trying to fucking travel and get paid to go cook oh, at yeah. these events and other things. So they don't really they, they I mean they want they want this desperately. They want that recognition very badly. Yeah, and it's from, a very from people that have no idea what the fuck. It's a very about. limited time that you have to like kick your restaurant up into being that hype train, yeah. you know, right out the gate, and people get excited about it. And yeah, you have to go to these events and. LA or Houston or New York and cook here and cook there and cook everywhere because then they go oh who are you I'm a, I'm a chef in Seattle oh that's cool <laughs> you know what I mean and that's I've done stuff like that before it's fucking it's weird you know at the end of the day you're like how does that translate to getting me guests at my restaurant in Seattle yeah name recognition man I guess um we had we had talked about how uh people were cooking food um, in Seattle and outside of Seattle, and they were cooking food that wasn't native to our area. Of course. And or down in New Orleans. I mean, yeah. you have people that mm-hmm. are down there that bring in, a, I think there's a new, we had talked about it that people were, there's a big uh, movement of Chinese, was it Creole Chinese style of food? And it's being, it's people, it took people in New Orleans a long time to hop on that train and they shit on those people that were cooking Chinese food down in New Orleans for a really really long time and up here we had we had people that were cooking food and it wasn't um it just wasn't Pacific Northwest style uh but now all of a sudden it's like the trendy thing oh, of course to do is to cook a different style of food up here and people have been doing that up here for a long time but now it's like the trendy thing to do now it's you know you've got you know, Eduardo just won James Beard Awards for doing Southern cuisine up here, you know, and people 
they're all excited about it. They say it's it's great and it, it's good. Um, but there's been people up here cooking southern food for a long time. There have been, and that's that's yeah. the kind of the thing where you're like, well. Other people have done it before. Like, what was it? Was it because it's really, really good? Or is it because he has a brand that's perfect? Is it because he had all the stars aligned for everything else and everybody bought off? Or is it because he worked at French Laundry? You know, is he, you know, it is. I is think all the, those things tie Yeah, into I, I understand that. And yeah. yeah, you're starting to check off the things about why yeah. he should win it. But how many restaurants in the South are there that yeah. aren't getting that type of recognition? Yeah. Well, we spoke about Sean Brock. Yeah. And then that's, you know, Sean Brock got all of the accolades and everything, you know, for everybody, even before. Does it mean his food's bad? No. no. Does it mean his food's good? No. But it's the perfect package. It's the perfect product. And it's a way to, like, push it to everybody and go, oh, cool. I want to sponsor that. I want to be a part of that. Hey, guess what? You're in Lucky Peach magazine. Hey, guess what? Now you're part of anything that David Chang does forever and all time. Now you're on the TV shows. Now you're this or this or this. Before you know it, you're like, fuck, man. This guy's the king of Southern cuisine. Meanwhile, there's a whole area of the country that's like, fuck, what? You know, <laughs> that's the king of Southern cuisine, you know, and movie. it's crazy. Yeah, And the thing is, is, you'll get a lot of places. And I, I lived down in Florida for a while. And you yeah. know, Florida is like one of those places where you can drive five minutes and go from trailer parks to million dollar homes. Yeah. But you find a lot of little shack and hole in the wall places. And I, I don't I, maybe it's like the fucking water in New York that makes the pizza special. But somehow <laughs> Southern food tastes better. In the South. Very much. I mean, I went, I went to college down in Louisiana, so it's it's very different. Uh, it's it's very di- – and that's a different style anyway um, than what everybody else is uh, doing up here. Um, it's just – it's weird because it's like if you have a product that it's packaged properly, then people go, holy shit, this is amazing. Well, also it gives people the perception that that's what it really is. Sure. So if, I, if I – I've eaten a June baby before and no way ever – and I've – my father lives in Georgia. Right. I went to college in Tennessee. Right. I have family in, in Florida, family in North Carolina. I would never compare that to Southern food. It's very different. I mean, I get shit on all the time because I'm Puerto Rican yeah, and, and I do Puerto Rican food up here. Yeah. And I have actual Puerto Rican people coming into my restaurant <laughs> and it's a 50-50 split. They're like, yes, this is Puerto Rican food. Or they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you What are you aiming for? Uh, I'm aiming to be a chef yeah. and I'm aiming to do food because I make it myself yeah. and I don't care about... I, you know, people you go. You guys are trying to express yourself. Yeah, people go. Oh, you're, you know, it's your grandma. This doesn't taste like my grandma's food. And I was like, I don't know your fucking grandma. Number one. Number two. My grandma didn't fucking cook. Number three. I learned this shit from my grandpa. Number four. I I don't know who you are. I don't know what your family is. I don't know what the deal is. You know. And at the end of the day, it's like, is it good? They're like, yeah, but it's just very different. And I'm like. So I don't know what you want me to do. Well, isn't that the kind of part of the whole thing we're talking about as far as what makes a chef or a style or a cuisine go, you know, big or whatever is part of it is just the push and the perception yeah. of what it is because food is one of those completely subjective things. Right. And so all of the emotional push you get from something like, Oh, it's a James Beard. It's got that little bit of shine to it. Yeah. Or all these other things. And I think maybe it makes food more susceptible to emotional waves. Right. As far as what people get into and love and dig than I don't know, cars. Sure. I mean, I, you know, I worked in Chicago for a little bit. I came back over here. We did a dive bar night at, in Ballard one time. And there's these two people that came in. They were super salty that it wasn't dive bar food. Yeah. We did dive bar food and they were super salty that it wasn't like a Michelin level thing. They even said it, they like said it to us and they were like, you know, we were expecting this to be like Michelin level food. And I'm like, there was a $5 deposit. 
and everything on the menu is less than $12, <laughs> yeah. I think you need to calm down. You know, like, that's what, a, that's what's a, the point? That's a perfect example. <laughs> I was at, that's, here's a, here's a, yeah. I was at the Central last night, down at Pioneer Square. I went to a show down there last night. And I worked there for probably around six months, eight years ago. And I was brought in with a friend of mine, Adrian Mowbray, to uh, overhaul their menu. And we got in there, got a new flat top, got a smoker. We decided we were going to, you know, smoke some ribs and all that stuff. And one of the things that I'd made that they still have on the menu is handmade tater tots. Yeah. And I take them, I bought a shred them. I yeah. add some onion, some sauteed onion in there, yeah. a bunch of seasonings. And then, uh, we would form them by hand, but that took a little bit too long. For sure. So we figured out a way to make PVC pipe or whatever, but, yeah. um, then they're tossed in some flour and they're deep fried. And I didn't even know they were still on the menu. Uh, they've since changed this eight years ago, but one of my best friends had ordered the tater tots and I go, you know, that's my recipe. I made those lunch and he, bitched about it and said, I was expecting the frozen bar. Oh man. Fried tater tots. And I go, I look at him and I go, which would you really fucking prefer? Would yeah. you prefer? And he goes, I expected the shitty frozen ones. The shitty frozen ones Cause I'm at a dive bar <laughs> and I go, but these are real potato. These are made with real ingredients and seasoned and made by hand. And he's like, this mm. is not what I wanted. So it's perception. Sure. And uh, some people perceive these these restaurants, uh, these uh, frou frou restaurants that uh, you know charge extra for um, unauthentic food. I get you uh, to be the real deal. Yeah. So um, we'll keep talking about this more. Yeah. And uh, we'll end the episode uh, one sixteen of Grill How Long Steak, Mister Eric. Thank you for uh, coming down to the studio. Thanks for letting me hang out. Of course. Again. Oh. You're going to be here all the time, I know. Right? I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that Seattle non-committal committal thing. I you know, know. <laughs> right? There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a, I, I really value your opinion on a lot of things because you have, you're very opinionated. Like I can me. be. You like know, I can me. be. This is the difference between me not having to work for anybody yeah. anymore and me not having, you know, investors, me not having somebody that tells me to shut up, even though I should sometimes. I've never given a fuck. That's what I'm saying. I've been That's to- the best part. I've been talked to by a couple of different... Since I've been doing the show, I've been talked to by... Uh, I've given my opinion on friends of mine and I've been talked to by people that I've worked for and I just... Hey, man, like... You can come down to the show sure. yourself and defend yourself. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm fucking right. Uh, no. I'm just giving my perspective. And, and opinion. And that's what this is supposed to be. Like, this is supposed to be, you know, the quote unquote safe space for cooks to come on and say whatever the fuck they want. Just not, like they're sitting. Nothing safe, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Then they get back to work it's and a, they clock out forever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I liked your comments. Yeah. 86 for life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're no longer welcome at my that's restaurant. That's cool. So. Hey, you know, your knife kit's outside. <laughs> well, I mean, there actually, there has been, there has, uh, there have been people that, uh, I've, that said they would come on the show. Yeah. Uh, but once maybe their boss. Sure. Had found out, uh, this happened a couple of times that they wanted to come, that they wanted to come on the show that they, but I, I can't. Can I tell you that's the same exact experience I've had with my incubators in the city? That they're not allowed to come. Yes. Well, yeah, you mentioned that because we had a mutual friend of ours that wanted to do something with Correct. you. I've had multiple and friends you, like that. <laughs> you said flat out, no, you can't do this until you talk to your Yeah, chef. and it wasn't them going like, you need to get permission. I, it, I knew ahead of time that it was going to be a problem because I, I knew that chef and I, well, it's been more than one, but I know those types of chefs were very like, oh, how the hell are you going to get notoriety before I do? And you're going to work before me. And that 
you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck that. I, if I know that's how that's going to be, then I go, you need to talk to your chef first. You need to talk to somebody over there and let them know you're going to do this. Because then the second you get marketed or whatever, whatever, and it has nothing to do with that restaurant, somebody's going to get butthurt about it. It's crazy. Sensitive egos. I know, man. It's crazy. Eric, you want to give out your social medias? Uh, yeah. Uh, Eric Rivera Cooks, Instagram, ericriveracooks.com. There's a bunch of other ones, too, but those are the main ones. Just look up Eric Rivera. Auto Seattle. ADDO. If you want to catch me on social media, I'm going to be at Bobby Stills across all platforms. Every uh, single time. I'm never on mother- I'm never on Facebook anymore. That shit's boring now. I'm, I just I, send you a poke. IG all day. <laughs> I don't get the, the pokes, man. I don't get the pokes. I had one for the first time. Like, Well, I had one about three years ago, and it was some random what's your, person. What's your longest longest running poke? I think I, I, I don't even know what that means. So you poke, poke back. <laughs> no. You, I, you no, don't know no. that? I just didn't know what the hell it was, and I was like, so no, I don't So if you poke someone and they poke you back... <laughs> And you guys keep poking each other. It's a, <laughs> yeah. It's there's. I think I'm up to like 355. I think with one friend. That's pretty A crazy. male friend at that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. I feel like the males. I mean, they poke more than. Do them. you ever put like <laughs> marinated salmon in front of them? In front of what? In th- a poke. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Uh, all right. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, topics, you don't like Eric, you don't like me. I know everybody doesn't like Keith, so I don't need those emails. But That's terrible. Uh, you can email us at Mister at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on all social media platforms at uh, Mister, unless it's Twitter, which uh James will be talking to you on there. That's at How Long Steak Mister. Soundcasting. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Soundcastingnetwork.com for all your podcasting needs. Some branding. What else? What else you do, Keith? What else? You tell them what you do. Hype up, hype up this this company of yours. Dude, we do media shit. Like, you need a podcast? We got you. We're going to South by Southwest. We're going to South by Damn. Southwest. Damn. Uh, yeah, the band. And I- we'll be getting stoned as fuck with Canacon soon. That's right. Canacon's coming in February. You guys check it out. Cat Cora uh, doing a weed demonstration. Eric, do you cook with weed? Uh, I have never. Um, I've been. <laughs> I I have. I have never. I've been asked so many times to do tasting yeah. menu, to do whatever, to do whatever, to do whatever. That's the, just bougie. As I will fuck. tell you the the stars have not aligned on that dinner because number one, I, it's a timing thing, right? So oh, it's long. Yeah. yeah. So it's a timing thing. It's also a cost thing. So every time I talk to someone about it and go, okay, here's how much that's going to cost. Then I'm like, they're trying to like negotiate with me like they're a fucking drug dealer or something. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I don't think you understand. The food part is what costs a lot of money. You know, the weed stuff, I don't know. But God damn it, you can't just knock yeah. it down. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, incubator. I mean, has somebody come up to you yes. in the weed business? And yeah. Like, oh, yes. Get, this is what know, I'm talking let's, about. Let's I had pair, somebody from the weed business. Oh, they were talking about how many millions of acres they bought to do X amount, YZ, everything. And, and endless money. The- and then I said, well, it's going to be like 165 a person for this thing. And they're like, what can we do for like 65 and I'm like, are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> Fuck you. And I'm like, don't tell me you just bought like millions of dollars worth of land and then 165 for 10 people is too much. That sounds I was like, pretty you, good. I was like, you are dinner. fucking stoned. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the episode, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. Thanks for listening. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.